All right, we're continuing our series from dream to destiny. I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, Genesis 39. This is the story of Joseph, part of the story of Joseph. It's about Genesis 37 to about Genesis 47, I believe. Uh, And so you could read that during this series. But um, Genesis 39, open your Bibles and then put a marker at Hebrews chapter 3. And later in the message, we'll turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. So Genesis 39, Hebrews 3. Here's what the Lord showed me through this series, and it it is in a book, in the bookstores, if you want to get the book and read it as well as we're going through the series. Every person in the world, every person has a dream from God, a, a dream that God has for your life. And every person has a destiny from God, a destiny that God wants you to fulfill. But many, many people do not fulfill the destiny God has on their life because of one word. That word is character. Their character will not support their destiny. And so God takes us through some character-building tests on this earth. And what we're doing is we're looking at the life of Joseph and seeing 10 character tests that he went through so that he could fulfill the destiny God had on his life. So we're on number three, but I'm going to review number two. I'm going to simply ask you what the first two tests were, and if you don't get it right, I will be greatly disappointed, all right? So real quickly, ask your spouse if she has a better memory than you, which is probably correct. and find out what, what the first test we covered was the, and this is for all the campuses, the first test was the pride test. Last week was the pit test. That's great. You made me happy. It's important to make me happy because at any moment, if I'm not, I could break into preaching about hell. So, <clears throat> all right. So, this week is the palace test. Pride test, pit test palace test. By the way, the next week is the purity test, then the prison test. Yes, they all begin with P because I am gifted. So, (laughs) this is the palace test, Genesis 39 verse 1. Now, Joseph, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, they both begin with P, by the way, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites. Now, we know they were Midianite traders. Midian was the region they were from. Ishmael was the descendant they were from. From the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, watch verse 2 carefully. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. I hope you see the connection between those two phrases. The Lord was with him, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Remember, his master was an unbeliever. Saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, And all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. I liken myself to Joseph in the Bible. (laughs) I think the reason it says that last phrase is because it's about to go into the purity test, how Potiphar's wife pursued Joseph, so it's telling us he was a handsome person. And so next week, by the way, is the purity test. You don't want to miss that. All right, here's what this talks about. It's an amazing statement. By the way, he's in, in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar makes him second in command. And he just gives him everything. He says, just run the whole thing. And then he, he winds up in prison. The keeper of the prison does the same thing. By the way, then he winds up back in the palace with Pharaoh, and Pharaoh does the same thing. But look down at the end of that chapter, chapter 39, verse 23. This is when he was in prison. It says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I have a very simple question for you. Would that be okay with you? Whatever you do, the Lord makes it prosper. Well, I I feel like the Lord has given me four simple keys to being successful, to being prosperous, to being promoted in everything that we do, our job, our health, our finances, our family, our marriage, to be successful in whatever that God's called us to do, whatever we put our hand to. So here are the four keys, all right? Here's number one. I want you to write these down. Number one, the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Write that down. It's very important. And notice how, how many times it said the Lord was with him, so he prospered. Now, the first thing we need to talk about here is that the word prosperity is not a bad word. I know that there is a hyper-prosperity teaching. I do not agree with it. I know that it's wrong. I know you cannot support it by Scripture. I understand that. But the problem is that the rest of us now have heard the hyper-teaching, and we've even pulled back from the biblical understanding of the word prospering. God wants to prosper you, to make you successful in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your health, in your job, in your career, in your finances. He wants to prosper you so you can prosper others. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to other people. And prosperity is not a bad word. It's all through Scripture. As a matter of fact, the word prosperity in the Hebrew means to push forward. It literally means to push forward. It's used one time, 63 times in the Old Testament. One of the times, it's when Samson, when the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson, and he defeated his enemies. In other words, God came on Samson and pushed him forward. Now, again, I want to ask you, would that be all right with you? Would it be all right if in your job, in your career, in your family, God was always, Lord, God, God, just pushing you forward. Well, the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you why. Because God never fails. God's never failed in anything He's done. So, if we walk with the presence of the Lord, if we walk with God, we're going to prosper. 
Because God's going to prosper. Find out what God's doing and get in on it. Wherever God's going, and here's the problem. People go out from the presence of the Lord. You know, it's not that God removes his presence. It's that we walk away from the Lord. It says, the Bible says, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. God came to Adam, gave him a chance to repent. He came to Eve, gave her a chance to repent. He came to Cain and gave him a chance to repent. And Cain would not repent. And so Cain went out from the presence of the Lord because God was walking one way and Cain decided to walk another way. When you walk with God, you're successful. When you don't walk with God, you're not successful. So let me show you a few scriptures. You can stay right there in Genesis 39. Genesis 26, verses 12 and 13. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Now watch and see if God shies away from using the word prosperity just because of the hyper-prosperity teachers. Verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. It looks like it's in the Bible. Deuteronomy 29, verse 9, therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. 2 Kings 18, 7, the Lord was with him, he prospered wherever he went. And third John verse two says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I want you to know that God would like to push you forward in your career, push you forward in your family, push you forward in all that you put your hand to. But the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Even an unbeliever, Potiphar, recognized that the Lord was with Joseph and that his house, Potiphar's house, was blessed because the Lord is with him. Here's a good question. Does your employer, whether he's a believer or an unbeliever, does your employer believe that he's being blessed because you work for his company? That's what happened with Joseph. So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. So you might say, well, what's the key to the presence of the Lord then? If, that, if that's it, I want to prosper. Well, so what's the key to the presence of the Lord? Well, I'm ahead of you. I've got it all figured out here, all right? The key to the presence, here's number two. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. Let me read you some scriptures. Second Chronicles 17, verse 3. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because, here's why he was with him, because he walked in the former ways of his father David, he did not seek the bells. In other words, because he obeyed. He walked in obedience. First Samuel 18, verse 14. And David behaved, we could stop right there. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Now, we know that David didn't do everything right. We know that. It's in the Bible. But when he did mess up, he repented. He came back to the Lord. He humbled himself. When, his, when, when the prophet came to him, he humbled himself, and he came back. 1 Samuel 18, verse 12. Now, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Here's a very, very simple couple of questions. Why was the Lord with David? Because he obeyed. 
And why had the Lord departed from Saul? Because he disobeyed. Let me show you another scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 28. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Now, here's God saying, I'm going to let you choose. A blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Listen to me carefully. This is not a works doctrine. We are saved by grace through faith. We go to heaven by grace. But if you want to succeed on this earth, you're going to have to obey. If you obey and walk with God, you will walk in success. Doesn't mean everything will go right for you. Doesn't mean you'll never go through a storm, but it means God will take you through those storms successfully. Let me read you another scripture, Job 36, verses 11, 12. If they obey and serve Him, God, capital H, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins, in other words, walks in disobedience, will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, turns from them, will have mercy. You know that I believe in grace. I believe so strongly in grace that we're saved by grace. If, it, if it's based on works, you've already lost it. You're already in trouble. Let me just assure you of that. Grace is a gift. If it's, if it's a gift, it can't be earned. I believe in grace. But I also believe in obedience. And I have seen that when I walk with God in obedience, I'm blessed. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. And when I walk away from God, there's a curse. Now listen to me. It's not God cursing me. We live in a cursed world. We live in a cursed world. It's like, this is what I was going to say, we, there's a hailstorm going on around us with huge chunks of hail about that big falling all over the place. And there is this steel umbrella over God and whoever walks with him. So we walk with God and this thing protects us. We are protected and blessed and covered. But when we choose to walk away from God, we choose to walk out there in this hailstorm and hope we can dodge him but we're not going to be able to dodge them. So, the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. Now, here's what some of you are thinking. Well, I just don't obey. I'd like to obey, but I just don't obey, and I just don't, I just, so, Pastor Robert, I'm going to need the key to obedience. I got that covered. (laughs) The key to obedience, here's point number three. The key to obedience is faith. The key to obedience is faith. Do you know why a farmer plants? Because he believes that he's going to receive a reward. Listen, many of us have more faith in the hot water heater than we do in God. Because what happens when you turn the hot water faucet on? It's not hot. It's cold. And we just stand there. waiting, right? I lived in one house. The house I lived in before I lived in now, they located the hot water three houses down, the hot water heater. (laughs) I could turn the hot water on and go write a sermon and come back. Still not be hot. But what we just said, you know why? We know. We know we turn that faucet on. It may feel cold. It's going to get hot. Listen to me. You turn the faucet of obedience on, it may feel cold. It's going to get hot. 
It's going to. Because you, you, you just, you, you got to believe. And here's the problem. We, we don't believe that there are rewards if we obey and there are consequences if we disobey. If we believed that, we would obey. But many times we feel like we can disobey and get away with it. You don't get away with it. The reason children obey is because they believe they'll be rewarded if they obey, and they believe they'll, be, uh, they'll suffer consequences if they don't. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise or with a reward, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. I've asked people before, and somehow they forget part of it. I'll say, what's the, what's the promise if you obey or honor your mother and father? They say that you may live long. That's only part of it. The promise is that things may go well with you. I don't even know if you want to live long if things aren't going well. (laughs) That things may go well, there's a reward. And if children believe that they'll be rewarded if they obey, and if they believe there are consequences, and Proverbs tells us those consequences are spankings, if they believe that if they disobey, there's a consequence, they will obey. We had these uh, people in our home one time, and uh, they had a two-year-old son, and he was tearing our house up. He's just running all over the place, doing stuff, and they're just sitting there talking. I mean, have you ever been around parents like that? Doesn't that bother you? I mean, they're acting like it's, they're just oblivious to this. And I'm, we're watching this child tear up our house. And so I said to them, excuse me just a moment, do you know that your son is tearing up our house? And they said, well, boys will be boys. And I said, not in my house. And so I said to them, I didn't think they would respond the way they did, but I said to them, uh, if you don't spank him, I will. I don't know if y'all know this, but I like spank kids. Personally. (laughs) And listen, listen, please don't tweet that, all right? (laughs) And let me me just tell you why I, I like to spank kids. I mean, I'll tell you why. Because I like to save their life from hell. I quoted that right out of the Bible. He who spanks his child delivers his soul from hell. That's what the Bible says. That's the Bible, okay? So, anyway, I said, well, uh, if you don't spank him, I will. And they said, be our guest. So, in a moment, right after they said that, this kid comes over beside me. We had one of these plants there. I think it's called a banana plant with these big leaves, you know. He starts stripping the leaves off of our plant. And he's right beside me. And I said to him, hey, I said, look at me, son. I said, if you pull one more leaf off of that plant, I'm going to spank you. Just like that. He looked at me for a minute, and then he went like this. Now, the great thing was, to get the leaf all the way off, he had to bend down. (laughs) It was a perfect target. So, I popped him just like that. And he was shocked. He, 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 like that. And he just turned around and walked out of the room, just like that. 
About a week later, they came back over to our home. The first thing he did, we opened the front door. He walked right past everybody. He walked over to that plant, and he said, Robert Spank. <laughs> he, he obeyed in our house. You want to know why? Because he believed. <laughs> I helped him believe. I built faith in that young man's life. I also said to him, because I believe not only consequences, I believe in rewards. God is a rewarder. I did this with our children. I said to him, if you'll obey when you're here, I'll give you a dollar. And every time he'd come and he would obey, I would give him a dollar. And I believe there are not only consequences, I believe there are rewards. Listen to me. If you believed that if you worked hard for your employer, even though he was an unbeliever, that God would reward you, you'd be a good worker. You know, there are a lot of people that say, you know, when I get a better job and I work for a better person, I'll work hard. You're not going to get a better job. Because if you're not faithful where you are, why would God give you more? Let me read you another scripture on this. Colossians 3, verses 22 through 25. Bond servants, obey. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Now, turn to Hebrews 3. I'm taking a little more time on this point because I think it's so important. Because all of us want to obey. We want to do the right thing. But how do you obey? Well, you obey if you have faith. So, in Hebrews chapter 3, when I saw this scripture, I thought, that's it. That's it right there. As a matter of fact, I thought of this scripture when God gave me this point. Hebrews 3, verse, verses 18 and 19. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest. This is the reward of the promised land. Who would not receive the reward of the promised land? But to those who did not obey. Now watch this carefully. Verse 19 says, so we see that they could not enter in because of, watch, unbelief. What, where did that word come from? He was talking about obeying. You would think it would say those who did not obey could not receive the reward. So we see they could not receive it because they did not obey. No, it says because they did not believe, because of unbelief. Listen to me, faith produces obedience. If they had believed that God would reward them, then they would have obeyed. They disobeyed because they didn't believe. So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Because if you're walking with God, God always succeeds. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. The key to obedience is faith. So, some of you are thinking, well, what's the key to faith? Well, this is the most practical one of all, and it's simple. And listen to me, all of you can do it. Everyone here can do it. You'll choose whether you want to, you'll choose whether you want to prosper. It won't be me, it won't be anyone else, it won't be your boss, it won't be anyone. You have no excuse for not prospering. You'll choose whether you want to prosper whether you want the presence of God, to walk with the presence of God, whether you're going to obey, whether you're going to have faith, because this right here is something you can do. I promise everyone can do it. The key, here's point number four, the key to faith is hearing the Word. 
The key to faith is hearing the Word. Now, listen to me. You might think I'd say doing the Word. I believe in obedience. I've already talked about that. But that's not what produces faith according to the Bible. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Listen to me. You want to have faith? Hear the Word. Listen to as many sermons as you can. Uh, Download them. Get the iPod. Listen to CDs uh, of sermons, of sermons that preach the Word, that teach the Word, not just the guys give you five points for better health and all that stuff, but the ones that really preach and teach the Word. Get in the Word of God. Read the Word yourself. Memorize the Word of God. Put it on your iPhone. When you have a few minutes, read it. Put it on note cards. Put it on your mirror. You know, obviously, where you can still see what's behind you kind of to the side, but (laughs) memorize it, meditate on it, study it, get the Word in you. Here's why the Bible says hearing the Word builds faith in you. Listen very carefully because the Word has the power to change your life. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and His name is the Word of God, and the Word of God is corrupt, is not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which lives and abides forever, and heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word never will, and His Word will never return void without accomplishing what He sent it to do. Learn the Word of God. Know the Word of God. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, know, I don't know how to impress upon you to spend time with the Word, to get to know the Word. Now, I want you to even think about these last three points, all right? I talked about prospering in the presence of the Lord, but obeying, having faith or believing, and and hearing the Word. We're in these habitation services. Steve Doolin said this from the very start. Here's what he said. The theme of habitation is hear, believe, and obey. Year, I mean, several years ago when he started these, hear, believe, and obey. And that's what I'm telling you. It's very simple. You can prosper. You can prosper because you're walking with God. You're going to walk with God because you obey. You obey because you believe. But you believe and have faith because you hear God's Word. That's how simple it is. Now, all three of my kids, I could brag on them. All three of my kids, wonderful kids, love God, tithe, uh, faithful to the church, all that. But let me just tell you about one of mine, my son James. My son James has a a business calling on his life, uh, much like Steve Doolin. And so, when he was a senior in high school, Steve began mentoring him how to not just have a business, but how to operate a business God's way. And that's part of the, the CDs that Steve has that you can get a copy of. And one of the things he said to him was, James, you're going to have to learn the Word. You're going to have to know the Word of God. And James is freshman year in college. At, at Baylor in their business school, which is one of the most difficult business schools in the country, James, my son, memorized 200 scriptures, and he does it every year. He has hundreds of scriptures memorized, and he's 25 years old now. We can start a scripture, and he can finish it. He, he just knows the Word. He listens to it. And so, one of the things Steve said to him was, you need to buy the, the Bible on CD, and listen to it when you're driving back and forth from Waco. Listen to it all the time. Have that going on. Listen to God's Word all the time. So, you have to understand, uh, Steve didn't tell James, because he, he was a college student, you know, that um, he, he, was, he wanted him to go buy it. He wanted him to obey, to believe Steve and obey what he was saying. So, after he bought it, Steve was going to pay him for it. 
But he didn't tell him that because he wanted him to step out in faith and do it. But James is um, tight. <laughs> and so when he went to the store, the new King James was $49.95 on CD, the new American Standard, $49.95, the new Living Translation, $49.95, but the old King James was $9.95. <laughs> so anyone have a clue which one he bought? And we just started noticing a difference in him in that he called Josh, his brother, up one day, and he said, wherefore art thou, my brother? <laughs> and Josh said, excuse me? And then James said, hast thou been in thy field with thy father? <laughs> so we bought him the new King James. <laughs> but here's what I want to tell you. This, this guy's tithing record is impeccable. And by the way, I check the tithing records of my kids. You want to know why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know if their heart is beginning to leave the church, if their treasure leaves the church. By the way, I check the tithing records of our leaders. By the way, sometimes when people come up to me and say, Pastor Robert, pray for me, I'm having a tough time. I go check the tithing record, and I know why you're having a tough time, because you're voluntarily placing yourself under a curse. And listen to me very carefully. I had a guy say to me one time, Pastor Robert, I believe in tithing, I just don't do it. It's the most absurd statement I believe I've ever heard in my life. I believe in it, I just don't do it. So just to show him the absurdity of it, I said to him, oh, I understand. I said, I believe in bathing, I just don't do it. If you believe in it, you do it. If you believed that tithing would remove the curse off of your family, and God would rebuke Satan for your benefit, and he would open the windows of heaven and bless you, you'd do it. And that's the Word of God. So let me, I just want to say to everyone here that doesn't tithe, you don't believe the Bible. And don't tell me you do, because you don't. Uh, and, and I'd like to say something else. Test God. It is the only, only, only place in the Bible where God says you can test Him is in the area of tithing. It's the only place. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, I told the church this years ago, you tithe for a full year. If you're not fully satisfied, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> and I can stand with full confidence and say that because I'm standing on the Word of God. This is what God's Word says. Here's what… Here, here's what most people say to me, and they really do believe that they should do it. They don't believe in it, but they believe they should do it. Here's what many people say to me. Here, here's what they say. They say, I can't afford to tithe. Now, you listen to me very carefully. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because as long as you don't tithe, you're under a curse. And the devourer has open access to your finances. Every time you start to get ahead, something will go wrong and you'll be set back. And you would agree with that, those of you that don't tithe. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe, because tithing is what removes the curse. So I'm begging you. So I looked at my, I've looked at my, all my kids, by the way. But my son James, his tithing record has never been late. Never. Not once. You want to know why? He obeys because he knows the Word. He knows the Word. And here's the other thing. He's 25 years old. 
and he has more of a prosperity blessing on his life in everything he does. Everything he does. Businessmen who own large companies in our church are shocked by him because they say, they're such a blessing on his life. Everything he does prospers. When, when the home building business went sour a few years ago and he was building homes for a very godly man in our church who, who survived it because he's a godly man and he's a tither also. But he said to him one day, he said, James, you're the best employee I have, but I just want you to know it may come down to just me. I may be the only one here left the company. And uh, I just, you just need to begin praying. He said that to him at lunch. In one hour, less than one hour, another man called him and offered him a job. And we were in this, the, the, the recession that we've been in. I'm telling you, he prospers. The, uh, the prosperity of God's all over his life. I want that for you. I want your marriage to prosper. I want your health to prosper. I want your finances to prosper. I want you to be successful. Key to prosperity, though, is the presence of the Lord. Key to presence of the Lord is obedience. The key to obedience is having faith. The key to faith is hearing the Word of God. And you can do this. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Take a moment, ask him. And some of you, I want you to know, I, I had not planned to go into tithing. And the Lord really pushed that on me because that, that's a root cause of a lot of things that are going wrong in many of your lives. And I can speak as a pastor to that area of your life. What's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? We want to pray for you. If you're new here, we do this at the end of every service, and we do it at all of our campuses, South Lake, North Richland Hills, and Frisco. In just a moment, we're going to stand. As soon as we stand, we're going to have leaders here at the front. And if you have a difficulty or going through a difficulty in any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you just come to one of the leaders and let us pray for you. Let's just, let's just let us pray for you. And, and don't be embarrassed. Because uh, we do this all the time. We all need prayer. We prayed over elders today. We need prayer. We all need prayer. And you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. Maybe you're here and, and you're not a member of the church. You say, well, this is for the members. No, this is for everybody. And at every campus. So in just a moment, we're going to stand. When we stand, you just stand up, step out and come to one of the leaders and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person every person that has any prayer need at every campus. In Jesus' name, amen.